The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. Welcome to the Voices of Unity. I'm your host, Rev. Jackie Fernandez, and we are recording today live from the Tower at the Sacred Grounds of Unity Village. My theme for the month of July is A Matter of Words. Exploring one of our foundational unity teachings that words have creative power in our lives. This is episode two, Standing on the Bridge of Faith. And my heart is beaming to say that I have as my guest today, my mentor, my friend, my sister, Reverend Myra McFadden. Welcome, Myra. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Jackie. I cannot even tell you what a joy it is to be here today. I feel so honored that you would ask me to come. Ah. Well, we're going to have fun. It's us, you know. <laughs> we always do. We've had plenty of conversations, and of course, I made her promise, and I agreed that we won't tell stories on each other. Well, you didn't tell them that you came from our church. Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> So there are stories is the point of that. There are stories to be told. But we have so much to talk about today, and I've asked you, Myra, of course, to be here because, Myra, you are having, as you know, an experience of cancer, and you're now in your second round of a six-month chemo treatment plan. And I want you to share how you are using the power of words and faith to remain centered in this experience I'm watching you go through this, and I just keep saying she's doing it beautifully. You are doing it beautifully, which on the one hand feels like a a horrific thing to say, but it's just so true. You are just doing this beautifully. So I want to give a reminder now to our listeners that our phone lines are open, so you can call and join our conversation, 816 Two five one three five five five, or you can go to Facebook, and I have an event there on my profile, and you can leave a question or comment on the event. Myra is the senior minister at Unity of Kansas City North, so we're going to give a big shout out to your community, our community, right, yes. my home church. And Myra, <laughs> you've turned out ministers, you know, not just me, but Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice. You've had interns, you mm-hmm. have LUTs, you have some of your congregants who are on the path to becoming ministers and LUTs. You have a wonderful, just amazing group of chaplains and so many people that you have mentored. And I would just have to say you are a bit of a guru. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Do you know, I was 15 when I had my first guru. And (laughs) so to be called a guru just seems, seems like it's come around. And guru actually means one who brings one from darkness into light. Yes. So um, I feel like if I can do that for anyone, I probably won't ask them to kiss my feet or anything. (laughs) That will just be way too much. But if I can help to bring light from darkness, that would truly be my honor. Yes, and you do. 
You oh, really do. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So last week you were here on campus, and I snapped a couple of photos of you standing on the Bridge of Faith, which is, you know, one of our sacred points, um, you might say, here on campus that crosses over the fountains, and it's just, you know, this tremendous place, and you just were there for a while. And that that gave me the idea for the title of today's episode, Standing on the Bridge of Faith. How appropriate. So let's get our listeners up to speed on the situation. Okay. Well, do you want me to tell my story a little bit yeah, about what happened? Yeah. Okay. So this is what happened. Um, I'm 60. I can't decide how old I am. I think I'm 62. Okay. I think that's what I am. And anyway, I've um, never had a colonoscopy. So I thought that you had to be 60. So I thought I was just delinquent a couple years. But my dear daughter, Danny, pressed me to have a colonoscopy, as did my family doctor. And so I succumbed to their pressure. And I had one in March. So the first thing that happened was I had one and I thought, oh, this is going to be fine. I'm just going to have a nasty little polyp or two and they're going to, and I'm going to be great. Well, I was wrong about that. The, um, it turned out that I had a mass. And so the doctor who performed the colonoscopy then sent me to a surgeon and said, you have to remove the mass. And from the mass, we will find out if there's cancer present. So off I went to the, the surgeon and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. No problem. He's going to remove this mass. I'm going to lose weight because I'm taking, I'm having surgery. So what a bonus. And all is well. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I wasn't quite right, and the um, the doctor said, the surgeon said to me, you have a mass, but there's um, cancer in your mass, and not only is there cancer in your mass, but there's cancer in the surrounding lymph nodes. So it was a little stunning, to say the least, and um, and that was my first encounter with Standing in Faith. It wasn't it wasn't real thrilling when he called me on the phone and told me this news and his literal words were, Myra, this is bad. This is really bad. I thought Wow. Did he learn any skills about how you present that? You know, it's amazing to me. How many times I hear this, you know, recounting of uh, a medical professional that just doesn't seem to have the bedside manner that you would hope <laughs> that you kind of expect like to be nurtured. And, and perhaps there's something to be said for just giving the news as it is. Yeah. And also, I think, at least for me, when I think of my loved ones, I would want them to be sort of nurtured in that news. I remember when my dad passed away suddenly and I called the coroner and she was like, yeah, he's in the cooler. I mean, it oh, was just, gosh. you know, I was young and not understanding why he was dead. It was a total shock. And just to hear it like that was, I mean, you just don't forget those things. Yeah, you really don't. And, and it was, on the other hand, it was so honest and um, it was so honest. And so I'm holding the phone and I'm listening to this. And, um, and it was after that point that he said, well, I'm going to refer you to an oncologist. And I knew all of that was going to happen. But then I started researching, and I honestly thought, I have maybe a couple years to live. Mm -hmm. So I started to feel what it was like to accept and know that my life may be ending on this earth. Mm -hmm. And what would that be about? And surprising to me, I never shed a tear. Mm -hmm. And um, having been a therapist for many years, I'm all about tears. I love tears. (laughs) But I just didn't feel that. I felt this amazing 
peace and the surrender. And um, I just felt like everything was in divine order, whatever was going to happen. So that was that was the first step of knowing that all of the spiritual work I've done for many many years was real. It wasn't it wasn't a great idea, it wasn't a concept, but it was true. And I felt myself in utter peace with knowing that this might be the beginning of the closure of this life. The only part that was hard about that is thinking about my loved ones. You know, that's always that's always a tender, tender, tender place. But I had faith that whatever was happening in my body in this lifetime was exactly right for my spiritual journey. That is tremendous. You know, and it's it's hard for me to sit here. And, and it's not the first time I've heard you say that. You know, you, you said that to me from the beginning. Yeah. And I, I'm tearing up now. It's. <laughs> And I will say that that's what I want for my love. Like, I want that for you. I want uh-huh. you to be in that place of peace because we don't know what, what the outcome of this journey will be with the exception. And because I'm a good student of Myra, <laughs> I can say with the exception that the outcome will be an experience of God. It will and be. that is that's those words are straight from your mouth. And it reminds me of our friend, Reverend Dan Beckett at convention said yes. right in front of me. He said to you, well, I was talking to a congregant and I opened my mouth and Myra came out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't remember oh what my. he said now, but he was like, I got that from you. I would never, you know. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, so there are lots of people who you just walk right out of our mouth. You know, <laughs> that's so but, funny. But that is something I come I have come back to on my mm-hmm. own journey in my own life many, many times. And in ministering to other people is that and you li- you're living it right now, like to the max is that regardless of the outcome in the physical realm and in mm-hmm. the human experience, we can make it an experience of God. And that's our choice. That is probably the deepest experience that I'm having is that God is present right here and right now and just the ability to surrender into God right here. Yeah. Uh, eyes wide open, heart wide open, no denial, no pretending, no platitudes. Yeah. But living in that experience that God is right here within me and all around me is truth. And that knowingness is living and walking in faith. You know, it was so funny because um, speaking of that, I, I just wanted to kind of bring people up to where I am. So I was referred to my oncologist, and she she told me where I am. I have stage three colon cancer, which, as I was told, was not good. And she was not real excited about it, but she is a go-getter, and she's she yeah. was, you know, with me. But it was interesting um, we talked about the outcome, the possible um, diagnosis and the outcome of that. And, and I said to her, I understand that within five years, 40% of the people survive without any um, – well, they survive. So, And so um, when I was talking to her about it, she, she said, yes, but, you know, there's lots of hope. And I said, listen, I think that's Good news. I was thinking I was going to be leaving the planet in two years, and I was ready to go, and I was thinking about that. I've got five good years minimum. Yeah. 
And and so it was an interesting way to hear something that would normally sound rather dour mm-hmm. and to know in truth that the statistics are about my body and my condition, but they're not really about who and what I am. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen. I might be in that 40% and sail through this in flying colors, and I have every faith that that is highly possible. And if I'm not, I have every faith that what I do and who I am and how I live will be exactly right, and it will be perfect. Yeah, and we know that, and I know that with you. I don't like it. <laughs> well, and and the fact of the matter is, you know, that none of us know. I mean, you have some truth. information, you know, this is data. It's information. And um, and many of us just live every day without actually knowing. And, you know, I mean, I have a yes. friend, a dear friend who just lost their six year old son. And I mean, mm. we just. Nobody knows, you know, that our days, except that our days are numbered and there's one way out of the physical, you know, we're going to leave. We're going to leave this body. We will exit. Yeah. And so you've said a couple of things, heart wide open. And, you know, when people ask me um, how you're doing, mm-hmm. because they do. And and that is my answer is her heart is wide open oh. because I just every time I see you, you're just radiant and and you are just wide open and you're just pouring out this love and. And, you know, there's that saying that people, you know, when you meet a time of crisis, um, you become more of who you already are. And that's who you already are. But Aww. but it's, you are even more of that. And it's just beautiful to witness. And uh, it's contagious, you know, oh that, that heart opening of just being, mm-hmm. you know, present and in that space of love and joy. And not that the tears don't flow even in yeah. the midst of that. The other thing you said is divine order. Mm-hmm. And so I want to pause right there because, you know, we're saying, you know, we're not we're not just going to platitudes. And sometimes that can be used as well. It's all just in divine order. I'm just going to affirm that mm-hmm. almost as a, a way to talk yourself into or or even to release responsibility. Well, it's I don't have to do anything because it's in divine order. And so I just have to live with it and not have the responsibility of doing the work to really be in the knowing mm-hmm. of that. So w- what do you say about that? Well, it's interesting that you would say that because um, to me, divine order is about living in the presence of God and seeing and feeling God everywhere. That's divine order. Divine order isn't about getting what I want. It's not about, you know, controlling circumstances or it's not about a cheering section. Yay, it's all in divine order. Look it, I got what I wanted. Divine order is happening when we live in a consciousness of God and when we are active and engaged in that presence. So I, you know, I don't know why I got this cancer. I'm a very healthy person. I eat well. I, I I don't have a single medical condition. I mean, I don't even wear glasses or contacts. I wear glasses when my eyes are tired about once a month okay. just because I can. And they're a very cute accessory. Of course. So, but I have, I don't have a single condition. I don't take a single medication. And so that was stunning to me to find out sure. that I had this. So I don't know why this um, cancer happened in my body, but I do know that it's bringing me to a deeper place of reaching and breathing into God. And that perfection of going deeper 
and more fully embraced in my heart and mind into God is living divine order, not dependent on outcome or preference. Man, we could just stop right there, you know, and I'll just like, let's just go into meditation on those words because that is, that's everything mm-hmm. that, that is where, you know, we could talk about the spiritual practice. It's practicing for that moment when, you know, that's all you have is yes. like, is to make this choice of going in to a deeper experience of God or to go into suffering. And that's one thing I hear you saying is like, what will it be like to thrive through this experience, mm-hmm. not survive this experience. And that's what I mean when I say you're doing this beautifully is because I see you in every moment, you know, making this choice to thrive, you know. That's that's really it. It's living in the present moment. It's so funny. Ever since I was a teenager, I was always in the moment. My nickname was Moonbeam. Because I was so- <laughs> Were you here and now? I was here. I, I I read Ram Dass's book, Be Here Now, when I was 15, and I was all about being here now. But I am here right now, and and this is a really glorious and blessed moment. And what's so beautiful is I'm not alone in it. Yeah. You know, not, not at all. Not at all. No. <laughs> really not. No. To my amazement, actually. Right. The, I mean, your community has stepped up, yeah. you know, and it's that also they are doing this beautifully, you know. So like when I say a shout out, you know, to your community, it's just, you know, I say that wholeheartedly um, because this, you know, w- between the time when you shared this with me and you made the announcement, mm-hmm. I, I was just in such prayer for them. And because I know how much they love you and I know from the human place how hard this news would be, you know, how hard this would be to hear. Nobody wants this for you. If we could choose, this is not what we would choose. And and also I know because I've known, you know, this community for years that there are many people there who have had an experience of cancer or who loved ones have, you know, transitioned into their next life. Mm -hmm. And. And so, you know, like from a ministerial perspective, you know, all of that will be triggered and, you know, people always project onto the minister anyway, you know, so, so all of this, and then also to be looking to you for leadership of, you know, how uh, momentous that will be for you. It's like just visioning the moment when you stand there and share this news, you know, I just started to hold that in, in just this place of sanctity and, and and love and just sacredness and that was the work for me (laughs) you know because I was also getting myself there like how can how can I hear this it's one thing to hear it between us Mm -hmm. and then you know it's like anything once you say it out loud it becomes real you know and not that it wasn't real when you said it to me but then it's like a next level um talk to me about what that was like for you to go through that I first of all I just I want to say that you were an instrumental part because you came from our church, um, Bobby Kaiser came from our church, yeah. you know, and um, Cynthia Vermillion Foster is a member of our church, and Michael Perry was our associate minister, and you pulled all four of you together as ministers, and the day that I was going to make the announcement, you came to me out of love, and you said, "Could I do a special ceremony? Could I create something to help?" the community, to be a part of this and to feel love and healing. And that experience where you, 
everyone had blessed stones and you all spoke a part of truth and love, created a container for the the community not to be in fear and sorrow and grief and all that is so human and natural and stay there because they had just received the news for me. But instead, they were called up by your spirit and the spirit of the other ministers that they all know and love. And because we are in this together, that's true community. And you all did for me what I could not do for them. They needed to hear somebody else, people that they love and respect, say, let's rise together. And they all came up one by one, blessed a stone with their love and their faith their wisdom, and their joy, and they blessed me. And we created a beautiful, beautiful experience where God was present. God was present. And so that's the kind of thing that happened that opened the door for this community to not be set in fear and into their own stories that are traumatic and grief-stricken. And and so I I just really want to say thank you, for bringing all of that forward because our community, you know, you're from us and we know you and love you and we trust you and you brought that to us. And since then, even the people that tend to get the most upset or the most reactive have stood in utter faith. That's beautiful. And it just makes me giggle, you know. It's like they stand and they hold my shoulders. Myra, you're going to do great. And I love their faith. I love their strength. It's beautiful to see. And that was a tremendous day. And, you know, I just knew I'm a doer. I like to have something to do. And I I knew that there are other people who would feel that same way, who would want to do something. And I didn't want everyone, you know, coming to your house with food or or to sit with you or to fawn over you, you know, or to be in that. Hover. Yeah, to hover. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet to have something to do because, you know, nobody can Mm -hmm. control this. Nobody. This is your journey. And even as much as we are taking it together, and that is very real. There's also a piece of this that is a solo trip for you. Yeah. You know, and so how could we show up for you on that and, and also stand in principle as a community and um you know everyone i mean that was just like the hug line like when people got in line to drop their stones into the bowl and just started hugging you that was oh man holding space for that was just it was palpable it was like this this moment is everything everything we live for in terms of connection to one another and to god it was true community. It, it, it was really standing in faith together, yeah. rising up together. And as much as people love and care for me, what was the most beautiful thing to me was seeing them rise up. And that's where an idea came that week. And the idea was to be an inspiration and to create a documentary, of course, I know nothing about creating documentaries, <laughs> but I was I was uh, given a divine idea and my guidance to create a documentary that could be an inspiration to other communities going through similar kinds of circumstances so that they also don't end up surviving and sometimes failing and being fearful 
in a process where a minister or a spiritual leader goes through some kind of life-changing thing or they go through something together, but instead they rise up. So, you know, I know that um, this beautiful program is about words. And so underlying the idea and the community, I asked them Sunday, are you willing to do that? Would you be willing to be an inspiration? And would you be willing to be a stand for spirit in the spirit in this experience together? They cheered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they they <laughs> roared. And it's like, yes, they want to be bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, and when you get afraid, when you get scared, when you forget, hold that truth. Walk that truth for each other and remind each other what's real and what's alive. So we're going to use the, the beautiful, powerful words of the 12 powers as our underlying guideline of where do we stand. And so you might be standing in love or wisdom, and somebody else might be standing in understanding or release. You know, and we'll we'll all be with each other to be what I actually wonder if that isn't part of what this experience is about. Yeah. To call us up higher together. And that's a choice we make, right? Mm-hmm. We choose we choose it to yes. be an experience that can take us higher. Yes. And, you know, the 12 powers, you know, again, one of our foundational <laughs> teachings in unity. And, you know, and it's, you know, that sort of power of imagination. We talk about using or misusing it. And when we misuse it as when we imagine all that could go wrong and we go into worry and fear. And so that, that invitation to stand together with each other so... Well, some of us, and and I'm saying, you know, at some times, um, are able to stand in that that power of imagination, mm-hmm. and how can we use this to to take us higher and deeper, yes. you know? And if we flip that into worry at the times mm-hmm. that that we do that, um, we can be there with each other to to pull back over because we are always and only using the power of imagination mm-hmm. along with the other twelve powers. They're always in motion either consciously or unconsciously. So it's that ability um, and the permission to be with each other and to know that we are also in our humanity. And so it's not like the path isn't this one steady, you know, it's, it's like a, almost like if you're swimming or treading water, where you kind of like (laughs) dip a little bit, you know, and you dip and that's okay. We're there to lift each other up. And that's genuine community. And part of what, makes our community so strong it is so we're going to take authentic yes we are authentic we're going to take a a little break right now and then we'll be back with more and we have a little fun we're going to start with some intention dice on the next half hour so stay with us we'll be right back practical spirituality positive messages This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today.
Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Eric Butterworth. How much time is enough time? Ever thought about that? How much time is enough time? Time is not a quantity. It cannot really be measured. Oh, you say, but it can. I have a watch, but the watch is synthetic. There's no way to really measure time because time is a depth. It's an allness. You may say, but I only have an hour. I only have a day. And so all you do is admit to yourself and to others that you've encased yourself in a shell. And this time frame will always frustrate your creative flow. And time for you will be a matter of the clock ticking on, but it's only where you are in consciousness. So it's time to slow down, to look up, to get a sense of the eternal. And this basically is the purpose of prayer. To hear more talks from Eric Butterworth, visit truthunity.net. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Take a trip with Rev. Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. And we are back with Reverend Myra McFadden, and we were just having a delightful conversation about a very, you know, terrible topic. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, you know, I say that for hyperbole, but also, you know, you know, we were just talking about fear going into fear, and for so many people, for our society as a whole, cancer is a scary word. Yeah. And so to be able to say that uh, without attaching to, you know, this sort of superstitious belief, which we covered last week in last week's episode, (laughs) like, are we saying words and, you know, are we afraid to say words? And if we do that, then we're giving power to it. So if I say it without power, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not giving power to cancer. I'm giving power to life. But you are very human experiences that you're having an experience of cancer. You know, we can't. There's no denying. There's no spiritual help. And there's no pretending that, you know, I I can't go around and and use funny, vague words or euphemisms. So um, one of the things that happened recently at convention, and I I was talking with um, Reverend Pat Williamson, 
who I absolutely yeah. adore, speaking of gurus, but I love Pat. And he talked to me about talking to my community, and he encouraged me to make the distinction to say, remind them so they don't forget that who you are is who you are and that your body is having the experience of yes. cancer, but who you are is so much more. And I really am grateful that he said that yeah. because those words are powerful. It doesn't make the experience of having open sores in my mouth and having fatigue and um, not being able to eat and losing the weight I finally wanted to lose, but not this way. Right. You know, it doesn't make all of that fun or trivial, but what it does is it makes me not fearful of it. So I'm not afraid to say cancer because cancer has no power over who I am right. instead of, oh, don't say that word, don't say that word. Yeah. Right. I mean, how can you go through chemotherapy? I mean, like, yes. at what point do you stop? Like, well, then if I can't say cancer, I can't say chemotherapy. And actually, I have a chemo appointment next week. I mean, you know, right. I mean, like, we got we to gotta just be real. We do. We just got to be real. I mean, and we're living and breathing here, aren't we? Yes. And so it's part of our experience. Yes. So I agree with that. Yes. Totally. Well, it's funny how we work with the power of words, you know. I'm going to first remind everyone that our phone lines are open. So if you want to join in this conversation, call in 816-251-3555. Or you can go to Facebook where we have some comments. I'm just going to read them. Cheryl East says she has to be in Lawrence, so she's going to miss it, but she will download it later. Good reminder Aww. that you can <laughs> download this later if you're not now listening so if you're listening in the future and it is no longer july 16th hi <laughs> um it. judy marshall reverend judy marshall at unity of albuquerque sending love and i am in prayer seeing you perfectly healed and whole you are blessed and a blessing oh judy <laughs> reverend daniel beckett love this yes. he says love this and you know he's referring to he's in the event for this episode you know but he's just he's here with us i feel his spirit yes and jackie hawkins reverend jackie hawkins with oh. you in spirit another commitment precludes me from being there but i will download and listen later so we have lots of heart here with uh, us fabulous. and i feel it i feel it yes so for sure i want to try out these new intention dice okay we've just you know and you can buy them at unity.org slash shop Ooh. yes okay so go online and buy these but uh, <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug and you know it's an intention <laughs> dice and here i'll just read the packaging a tool for personal growth roll these dice individually or together to set intentions on themes of abundance love creativity strength health and so there are five dice here with words on Ooh. All sides. And so I'm going to put them down for you. And okay. you decide how many you want to roll. If you want to, there are different colors, bright colors, which oh, is so cool. No, I don't know why, but I just feel three. All right. She's picking three. All She's right. She's going to roll the dice. Oh, I'm feeling lucky. And I have to tell you, as you kind of look at your words there and take that in for a second, you know, we had, uh, when we posted this on Facebook, when we started selling these, someone asked, well, if you're setting an intention, why are you rolling the dice? <laughs> And I thought, that's a great question. That's a fabulous question because they're called intention dice. And right. the idea to like, to, you know, to prayerfully choose your intention for the day. And, you know, this is a fun tool, operative word fun. You know, it's like a prompt. Sometimes you find yourself without words or, you, or you're just open to, you know, what does the spirit have for me today? What is the universe? You know, what do I want to be open to? And then we make meaning, right? We are exactly. meaning makers to the max. So, so what wow. words? Share with us what words. Well, 
I am rarely without words, but I like these three. Awesome. And they are renewed, trusting, and worthy. And um, what comes to me about these words is to be renewed means to be renewed in spirit. And, you know, there are times when I am fatigued and there are times, especially after the chemo treatment and all the side effects start hitting, it gets really exhausting. But I feel renewal in nature. I've got hummingbirds and golden finches that visit me, and I have a new kitty Mm -hmm. that lives in the neighborhood that today leaped into my lap while I was meditating for a half hour. Uh, So the renewal of connection with that which is Mm -hmm. life and nature is part of where I feel my spirit. My husband laughs because I'm seeing renewal everywhere, and I'm looking at clouds, and when we're driving, I'm saying, Lonnie, Look at those clouds or, you know, or it will be something really simple. And I'll just say, oh, my goodness, this is so beautiful or so delicious or so something because I'm renewed in the beauty of life. Yes. So that's what I'm finding is living, truly living in this moment. Of course, the word trusting um, what comes to me with this is actually the music of Daniel Neymar. Oh, um, Daniel. Love that guy. Yeah, I know. And cute, too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I I love his music. And he has this whole water CD that just really touches me. And the song about water and, you know, just flowing and being where the ocean says to go and just surrendering into this moment. Yes. Letting it be. It's trusting that this is enough. Yeah. That life is enough, that this moment, who I am, what I am, what is, right. is enough. So that's where I'm feeling that word and worthy. I'm not really sure how I feel about worthy. Um, being a therapist for so many years, I was helping everybody find their self-worth. But, yeah. So I'm not really sure how I feel about worthy, but I feel... Worthy of this experience in an odd way. Ah, oh, wow. I do. Oh, I wow. feel worthy of it. I feel like I can bring whatever needs to be brought through me and through my community for them, for my family, for my friends. I feel like I'm able. Ah, oh, Myra. <laughs> that is just, ah, you're going to make me cry. Okay, so I'm just getting my. <clears throat> that I is do. so incredibly beautiful and powerful. To be able to stand there and say, and I am looking at you and I can see it and I can feel it like you mean that to the core of everything that you are. That is amazing. I wow. really do. And it makes me think, you know, what sometimes is sometimes is delivered as a platitude or received as a platitude um, is this is for your good. And it's such a, I mean, that phrase, boy, I can also be used in a sort of what we call the metaphysical malpractice kind of yes, way, exactly. you know, or a way to convince someone, which, you know, actually can drive people more into shame or guilt or, you know, fear even. Um, but when you embody that, which is what you're doing, mm-hmm. that this is for your good, you are worthy yes. of this experience and and just taking taking it and putting pushing you know that that human tendency to go to fear um and drawing in god and spirit and all that strength oh thank you thank you for hearing what i'm saying too i really appreciate that 
my guru. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but also very seriously, you know, I mean, I have learned so much from you and, and continue. And, you know, your talks on Sundays, boy, another shameless plug. Go to Unity KC North uh, Facebook and because you Facebook live the we talks do. and your talks this month have just, I mean, as you one would imagine, have been off the chain, just heart wide open um, and totally inspirational in ways unrelated. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, of, of course, you're, I mean, this is what's true in the experience that you're in right now. And we as ministers, we always draw from our experiences and your community is going through this too. So of course, you know, you're going to weave that in because you're also forging that path as the spiritual leader, you know? So you're setting that example and the tone for, for everything um, that we take as experience in this. But um, also I'm finding, I mean, it's inspiring me in ways non-related, which, you know, that is the true power of, Really? A, a sermon, right? A Sunday talk, an inspirational yes. message. Is, so, I mean... Thank you so yes. much. You know, it's funny because... Um, and that, I, I think elaborating on the word worthy that comes to me is that this whole experience has called me to be deeper. Mm-hmm. So I've always um, had a depth, but I'm a very playful energetic, lively kind of person, but I've had to go deeper and I've had to bring us all deeper. And so it's going into those places where we all struggle or we all are challenged to live life well um, and authentically. Live life well. I'm writing this down <laughs> for later. Okay. Live li- I'm taking notes. The student is taking notes. Live <laughs> okay. life well and authentically. And that's something that, I mean, people, you know, people talk. Yes, people they- have been saying about you <laughs> as long as I've known you. And I've said, I mean, that was what drew me to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I can't. So it's not my story. I came to the church yes. you know, for a job. I had I was the AV director back there in the booth. Yes. You know, so warning to all you ministers out there who might be listening, you know, never <laughs> underestimate anyone on your staff. No you know? kidding. And not that I was underestimated, but I was just back. I was just there for a job. And admittedly, uh, I was happy to be in a church environment. And my thought was. And I don't have to be involved. Yes. I had been sort of, you know, just on this crazy hiatus, we'll take it, from my own spiritual path. And I thought, well, I could be there, but I don't have to be involved. I don't have to connect. I can just, you know, but the joke was on me because it was my job to listen <laughs> to three services a week. Absolutely. You know? That and is you so were, true. Yeah. And you were one that I was listening to. And, and what drew me to your teaching was just authenticity. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you were just so authentic up there. And who who I saw up there was the very same person who would come back, you know, to get your mic on or to talk to me after service. Mm-hmm. And it was just I saw that you were the same everywhere. And um, so for you to say that now, live life well and authentically, it's just like you just said it to go deeper, even deeper. Which who could imagine? That's already something you were doing well. Ah, thank you for that. But it it's really interesting because I realize we all have our things. You know, I have this thing happening, this cancer experience. But like you said, people relate because we all are living our lives and we all have things to heal and we all have things to move through and we all have things because we're spiritual beings. Yes. Because of that, there is a yearning in the soul to know God more. Yeah. And that's that's where I really connect with our people, because that's what they're about. Yeah, 
And that's, you know, again, back to the practice, the spiritual practice, you know, is for, you know, so that we we practice through like, you know, manifesting parking spaces and, do, you know, <laughs> to show us that, you know, as Ellen said last week, you know, because the law works, you know, to show mm-hmm. us that the law works so that when we get called to these deeper experiences, these, you know, that have potential to really take us out of what of the truth that we know, the capital T truth that we know, that we can lean in. Lean into God, to one another, to principle, to our teachings. Exactly. And so when those times get hard and when they get tough, when we struggle, we can lean on each other. Yeah. And um, because I told them, I mean, I don't know if they really appreciated my joke, but (laughs) I told them that things are going to get hairy. You know, I just (laughs) cut my hair this week because my hair is falling out like crazy. And I've always had super long hair, and I know and, it's you know, falling out. I saw you right before service, and there was hair all over your dress. It was like a certain texture, and so it was just yeah. grabbing it, the front and the back. And yeah. I was like, do I say anything? Or Please. Just, you know? And I'm like, you and know, wipe it off, I mean, would you? But, you know, I'm like, I was just gonna, you know, feel, and when you're up there, we can't, nobody can see it. So I'm just, you know, you know, it is what it is, and that's the yeah. thing. Back to authenticity is like, here we are. We're not pretending anything. Yeah, you know, and it's not yeah. like, but you know, we also try. You know, so right. you know, you're also you're showing up. You're still. You know your Sunday best, and you're you yeah. know, you're doing you know you got lipstick on, so you you know you're you know you're living, and that's living life well and authentically, you know, it and is. and no pretending of you know that you aren't in the midst, you know, yeah, because it's what, a what you're hairy calling. experience, it's a hairy experience. <laughs> or I said or hairless or hairless, yeah, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> you and your jokes, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, so let's talk about your fluid schedule. You mentioned it a bit, but like that's, you know, that's no small undertaking, like to really shift, you know, because we are such, you know, calendar people, mm-hmm. you know, and especially someone like you, you know, high energy. You, I mean, I said I was a doer. You were a doer to the max. You, you, I mean, you're more experienced too. Right. More doing. I'm older you than know, you. You're I'm older. older. So you have more, I wasn't going to say that part, but it, it can be sad. <laughs> it's all right. We're being real. <laughs> but, you know, you. Your calendar is always packed to the max, yeah. you know, and so to to move into this, you know, it's, oh, it sounds like, oh, of course, you know, peace, love, joy, spirit, you know, fluid schedule. Of course, of course, you're living in the here and now. Right. Since you were 15. But that's really something. It's a big change. Talk about that. You know what? And it's OK. Yeah. I was just um, saying to my daughter, Danny, and I think April, too, I was saying, it's so funny. I'm so used to working between 60 and 80 hours a week at the church. I don't know any better. You know, and I was always um, trying to take a day off. And here I am. I'm starting my ninth year at Unity KC North, and I still haven't mastered how to take a single (laughs) day off a week. So, you know, all of the talk about self-care and all that, yeah, 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 yeah. But I haven't quite mastered that now i have to nap because i get what? tired thank Am god i'm taking a nap thank god i have a couch in my office <laughs> right right so there i i have to nap sometimes i have to cancel appointments um and what's so ironic is i'm never there till 10 o'clock at night anymore i think i came home at eight maybe a week or two ago and i was shocked i was shocked that i was there that late but what's what's the stunning part to me is that I'm not struggling with it. Mm. And I've done this forever. I've really been a hard worker and a doer all my life. I mean, as a therapist, 28 hours is considered full-time. And I worked 40, 40 wow. to 42 hours yeah. of client hours. Yeah, so to not struggle 
And it's it's kind of like, you know, Daniel says, you know, just go where the water mm-hmm. tells you to go. Go where you have to go. And what's what I hear is it's time to go. Yeah. So I pack up my little bag and off I go. And I just know it's okay. And frankly, I'm a little impressed with myself, you know? <laughs> right. I'm impressed well, that sure. I'm not so attached to do, right. do, do, doing mm-hmm. because it's who I am and it's who my personality has been for as long as I can remember. Right. Well, and it's another opportunity to make a choice. So you go into, you know, grief and uh, resistance to making that change. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm losing something and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which, you know, and, and you may feel some of that for a moment or for a time or it may come back and forth in and out. Yeah. But to make the choice that like, you know, and I can just go with the flow. You know, and I th- it made me think when you were talking of the, the little kitty that visited you, you know, cat naps. Yeah. Cats do that. <laughs> you know? Yes. I, that could be one of our spiritual teachings. It could be a spiritual. Cat naps. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting um, because I have several affirmations that I work with. Yeah. And one of them that became real clear to me is Myrtle Fillmore's affirmation mm. that I'm a child of God and therefore I do not inherit sickness. The wholeness of who I am and the truth of who I am does not inherit sickness. And to know that gives me that freedom to be what I need to be. And it gives me that truth directive to let be what is. Because who I am is not my sickness. But if I need to take a break and stop, that's not who I am. Right. So there is no real loss. Right which kind of amazes me still. So that is something I live with, and I woke up this morning, and I was affirming that from a deep place. And the other affirmation that I use, other truth statement, is I say, I am the beloved of God, and I am well taken care of. And I live that and know that when we say all is well, it's because I'm the beloved of God, it's not wishful thinking. Right. It's the worthiness of being God, being an essence of God, to know that all is well taken care of. And I'm watching it happen amazingly all around me. And so when those little voices come up, you know, like I've, I've had trouble eating and sleeping. And one of the things I taught my community, and so this is kind of a denial um, is that I taught them, and they all said it with vigor, is to say, shh, oh, yeah. don't worry. Yes. Remember this? Yes. God's got this. Yes. And so we all affirmed, shh, don't worry. God's, God's got, got this. this. And I feel the truth in it. Mm-hmm. I felt the power in it. I felt it. I was feeling a little tired. I think it was Sunday. I was waiting to feel better, and I wasn't feeling better. And I remember hearing myself, so when is that moment going to come when I feel like myself again? Mm -hmm. And without even trying, I heard, shh, don't Uh worry. God's got this. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so when you talk about denials, you know, we're, of course, not talking about, like, emotional, psychological denials, like being in denial. We're talking (laughs) about that spiritual practice of, of denying that which doesn't have power over us. So when you're saying, shh. You know, calming that mm-hmm. the mind, that the ego mind that wants to get caught up in all the what ifs and hows and whats and wheres. Um, 
and the don't worry, you know, so that's, you know, denying the power of worry and fear and monkey mind and and affirming the truth that God's got this. Yes. It's very comforting um, to live in those words and to know the truth. Um, And I find myself just resting in God when I hear that. It's beautiful. And, you know, Myrtle, Boy, she's a rock star, you know, and her yes. words. I brought um, her book, How to Let God Help You. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I just want to read from the first chapter, The Purpose of Living. I just want to come in and have a visit with you. Let us forget. Well, let me just stop right there because oh, I feel like she just walked in, you know. Uh, yes. Like, okay, there's a chair right there. I Andy feel like the she's here. <laughs> Myrtle's coming in. I just want to come in and have a visit with you. Let us forget all that has pressed itself in upon us to make us sometimes feel that God the good is not all in all. Mm. Here in the silence, we shall know the presence of God and see clearly just how we are to go about living the life that God is giving us so we may bring forth the order, beauty, and freedom that God has planned and that are now awaiting our understanding use. But let us not go too far into the metaphysics of this wonderful thing. Instead, we are here together just to rest quietly and happily in reality. As we do this, a real transformation will be worked in us and for us. We shall reap the good fruits of our study, affirmation, and meditation. We know from our experience in unity that there is almost a universal lack of understanding of the truth of being. When we use the word truth, we mean that which is true of God and true of God's children. This spiritual truth is that you are God's own beloved child Mm -hmm. and that God is ever giving you God's own wisdom, love, power, life, and substance. Oh, my Oh, my. Yeah, I know. What page is we that? We didn't plan this. And oh like you just said, so much. this is the first chapter, The Purpose of Living. As oh. we become aware of the truth that we are God's children and that God is the very intelligence within us, we discover that health also is our inheritance. Yes. The real purpose of your life is to express the creation of God to unfold the many departments of your mind which God has planned for you and which will enable you to know and to do God's will. When you know that there is nothing for you to worry about or to fear, you may then relax (laughs) and feel happy. When you know that living as God has planned it here and now is beautiful and that you can know just what God's plans are for you, you will be really interested in living, won't you? Oh, my goodness. Man, that is perfectly describing. Myrtle just dropped the mic. Again. (laughs) That was a mic drop. That was definitely a mic drop. And we didn't talk about that. No. You know, and I I just selected that this morning. It just felt right. And and it it was like the perfect summary of everything we just talked about. That is absolutely stunning. I'm going to pick Myrtle up again. That could not be more perfect. Myrtle in the house. There you go. (laughs) Thank you so much, Myra. You know, and I think I'm just going to have to have you back. You're just going to have, have to come. Have me back. I'm going to have you back. I'm going to, we are now booked. You're booked. I will find, we'll figure out the date later. Oh, but, thank um, you so this much. This was so fun and so good to be with you here. Next week, um, 
will be episode three of A Matter of Words. And I'm going to have Reverend Joy Weiler. Oh, great. She'll be on. And she's minister at Unity of Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. And she'll be talking about radical wholeness. Yeah. So she was born in the 50s with a rare form of dwarfism. And doctors said she wouldn't survive. But she is here today and will be with us next week to challenge ideas of what healing and wholeness look like. And she will invite us into a language of radical wholeness beautiful so, yeah so we've got powerful yeah it will be powerful and <laughs> then uh, the week after that we'll have uh, david lewis peart who was at convention oh my goodness yeah. and we're going to talk about the th- the th- things that we don't even know about so what so let's just stop talking about it but yeah it's going to be really fabulous like, <laughs> that will be exciting yeah too. so it'll be like what did i say you know? yes and um so it's tremendous and that, that will wind up um this month and next month will be healing so i think i'm gonna have to have you back next month if you know what? I'm more than happy to come. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you so much. This has been utterly heartwarming and delightful. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Myra. I love you so much. I love you. You know I do. <laughs> and that concludes today's episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.